Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman Podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, check please. Samantha files suit against her mother, Tina. When they go out together, Tina always insists on paying. Samantha says she's an adult who works full time and she's happy to pitch in. But Tina just wants to take care of her daughter. Who's right? Who's wrong? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom and presents an obscure cultural reference. Who made this man a bailiff anyway? I did, sir. He's my cousin. Well, who is he? He's a piehole, sir. I know that. What's his name? That is his name, sir. Piehole. Major Piehole. Uh, and his cousin? He's a piehole, too. Gunner's mate. First class. Philip Piehole. I knew it. I'm surrounded by pieholes. Keep firing pieholes. Bailiff Jesse, swear them in. Please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So help you God or whatever? Yes, I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that he pays for all restaurant meals with dishwashing? <laughs> we will do our best. Yes. Very well. Judge Hodgman? Samantha and Tina, you may be seated. For an immediate summary judgment in one of yours favors, can either of you name the piece of culture I referenced when I entered the courtroom? Samantha, let's start with you. What's your guess? Daughters go first. I feel like I should know this because it sounds very familiar. Yes, you should. I know. How old are you? 28. Uh, you know what? Maybe not. Maybe I you I feel shouldn't. like I'm going to lose nerd cred, but... No, you don't need to worry about credibility with a <laughs> weird 46-year-old dude. You're young. Be no, I'm worried about internet dudes. Mm. Um, I don't know. Maybe white Christmas, maybe? It's the Christmas season? I'm going to go with that. Well, we are recording this in the run-up to the uh, pagan holiday known as Christmas. But this recording will come out after that. But I'll, I'll enter into the guest book. You never know. Yeah. You can hear my Sharpie working away here as I inscribe it into the official guest book of Judge John Hodgman. Oh, Tina, go ahead. What's your guess? Oh, I am trying desperately to think what you were referring to, but I am at a loss. So let me think back. Um, Cast your mind back, Tina. <laughs> I am trying, but it doesn't work very well, I think. <laughs> Must be the age limit. Usually it's like a movie or maybe a TV show or a quote related to the discussion at hand. You know, I came in prepared, but that was not where I was going. Um, oh, what was your preparation? What was my preparation? Well, we both had prepared guesses, but you totally threw us off with that reading. <laughs> I, yeah, I was not going for the, the pie man. Um, pie hole. The, yeah, the pie hole uh, yeah. direction. I, you know what? Which uh, one of you guessed my dinner with Andre, since this is a, a fight over who pays for dinner? Neither. Neither, and that would never have come up on my mind. Oh, so tell me the guesses you were prepared. This is all in fun. Until I deliver my verdict, at which point it's deathly serious. <laughs> yes. I, you know, I was thinking that I was going to come in here with the, uh, the battle hem of the tiger mom. Because <laughs> that's how I feel she was, uh, the direction Sammy was going, because she thought I was being too controlling when it came to uh, paying for certain things when we were out together. So that was going to be where I thought you were going. By the way, that only would have applied had you been insisting on paying for her violin lessons. <laughs> oh, well, you know what? I, I would try to, I think the majority of it almost applied. That was the one thing yeah. I did not make my children do, I guess. Well, that, no, you did make me take oh, music lessons. Oh, you did. You did. You yeah, forgot you forgot. You that. 
No. I forgot. You forgot what a no, monster you flute. are, Mom. Oh, it was the flute. I'm sorry. You're right. It's a flute, and you're still in your closet, too. Yeah. Dusty. Yeah. Not practicing that much, are you, Samantha? No. <laughs> Just gathering dust, the flute that I paid lessons for. Oh. Yeah, that's pretty much dear, the conversation. Pay, yeah. Paid dearly for it. But, you know, we, we've let that one pass. Have we? we, we it doesn't seem got, like yes, it. Yes, we have. Well, no, it, it doesn't. <laughs> It has, because I forgot about it until just now, so actually it has passed. Samantha, what was your original guess? Mine was either going to be Grey Gardens or Miss Manners. Grey Gardens or Miss Manners. Well, I do like Grey Gardens, and I'm fine with Miss Manners. But all of those guesses are, guess what, wrong. Sorry. Yeah, (laughs) we kind of figured. Yeah. We tried our best. My original idea, there's a a supercut of every time... The words check, please, are mentioned in a movie that is circulated online on YouTube a couple of years ago that was really funny because people are constantly saying, uh, check, please, in various kind of comedic situations in movies as disparate as The Graduate and Dumb and Dumber and, and maybe My Dinner with Andre. I don't know. I never saw it. Can you believe that? Can you forgive me, Wallace Shawn? Wallace Shawn <laughs> does not forgive you, sir. Oh, I know it. (laughs) He is a cruel master. I know in my heart he doesn't. But, so what I wanted to do was just say, check please, and then have you guys guess what movie it was from, and then I would say, all guesses are wrong, and then I would list all of the movies in that supercut. But there was no list online of all those movies, and I was going to have to go through and figure out which movie every movie was, and that was too laborious. So instead... I chose the one movie in there where they say, check, please, twice. One movie in which specifically John Candy says, check, please, twice. And that movie is Spaceballs by Mel Brooks. Judge Hodgman, did you know that we have a listener who hosts a podcast that is one of those movie minute-by-minute podcasts, and it's about my dinner with Andre? (laughs) No, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's his name's Woody Battaglia. He's I'm sure uh, I know Woody. Upstate, yeah, in upstate New York, Max Funster, and the show is called My Minute with Andre. <laughs> Check, please. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the case. Sometimes you guys go out and have mother-daughter meals, and Tina always pays, and Samantha, you're mad about it. Tell me why, Samantha. Well, because she says, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll let you treat. Don't worry about it. And then we get there, and then she steals the check from me, and then... I politely take it. Mm, I, polite's an overstatement, I feel like. <laughs> she grabs it very angrily from me and rips it out of my hands. Not angrily, with authority. <laughs> <laughs> there is a difference. That's all. There is a difference. And then she pays for everything, even when she agrees to it. And we had set up a system where, mm-hmm. you know, I would try pay one time and then she would pay. But then my memory was bad and then she ended up paying every time anyway. Well, she would ask me, did, did I pay you for that? And I'd just say, yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. Or you yep, would just yep, lie to did. her. No, it yes. wasn't. No, it's not, it's not lying. Well, no, if it's, it's saying just, the opposite it's of the what, truth, it's lying. Come on, we have to have some well, standards. Well, no, you're just, you're just kind of leaving out vital information. It's not lying. You're just forgetting vital information and leaving it out. Tina, Tina. Yes. Your daughter says to you, did I pay you back for last time? And you know she didn't, but you said, yes, you did. That's not lying by omission. Yeah, yeah. That's lying. Well, well. You're a liar, madam. I, yeah, I, I you're omitting for, the I, truth. I just, you know, you leave out certain facts. It's not lying. You're just leaving out certain facts that 
might cause stress to another person, and therefore you're trying to relieve their stress and anxiety by creating a better situation. You're technically leaving out certain facts and adding in certain lies. No, I'm not adding. I don't, I don't ever embellish. I just, I'm very short and to the point. This and is just a brief, to, clear lie. Just a brief, clear statement of fact. No, a, a brief, clear statement of falsehood. <laughs> Madam, you're a liar. No, and I will, maybe. I will brook no more of this. <laughs> Samantha, I have some questions for you. Okay. We've established that you're 28 years old. I am. Uh, you have a job. I do. You're not, uh, you're not an impoverished person. No, I am not. You can occasionally pay for what do you what do you usually meet for? Lunch or dinner or breakfast? Um, it can be either lunch or dinner, depending on what we're meeting up for. Or many other things as well. I've had it yeah, enough, madam. Sorry. I don't want to hear any more of your lies for the moment. <laughs> Talking to Samantha. Oh, sorry. Give me a for instance, Samantha. Pay me a word picture about a situation where you might meet up with your mom. You you guys are in New York. You're at Argo Studios there in New York with Paul. I am I am in Brooklyn at the moment. Do you both live in New York, Samantha? Yes, we live um uh, like an hour and a half upstate. Okay. So, well, thanks for coming into the city. Yeah, no problem. And say hi to Woody Battaglia for us. Yes. Yes, we will. <laughs> what, are you going to go out to dinner after this, do you think? Yeah, oh yeah, that probably. And who's going to pay for dinner? Well, my mom has tried to pay for everything so far today, and I had to, like, fight her to, like, pay for coffee earlier. Um, she she almost tackled me, but she didn't because she was too distracted by reading the signs. I'll tell you what. I will decide who pays for dinner tonight. <laughs> I mean, oh. you could do that. I'm not entirely sure my mother will listen. <laughs> oh, you mean, Tina, you won't submit to the authority of this fake internet court? If I order Samantha to pay for dinner, you might try to subvert my authority? No. What I understand is this. Sometimes you guys get together for a meal. You will make an agreement that you will allow Samantha to pay. And then you will renege on that agreement. And with authority, pry the check from her hands. True or false? And I will remind you, you're under a fake oath. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I would say, okay, I would like to clarify sometimes. True or false, madam? For the, for, true. Okay, true. True. Okay. Now you may clarify. I will allow the clarification. But I want the truth from you, and I want it plainly, and I want it simply, and I want it to resonate with you. That You are telling the truth. That is how I might find in your favor. This is the rules as they've come to evolve as we have been going out as mother and daughter. Mm -hmm. Whoever can get out the, the credit card first is the one who pays. I happen to be the champion. I end up paying. I don't have a problem with that. You snooze, you lose. If I get it out first, I pay for it. That's how we do it. So Wait a minute, but this is nothing... I would just like to say this is not already, agreed upon. Madam, you've already admitted to grabbing the check from your daughter's hands. Does that not suggest that she got to it first and then you stole it from her? No, that's, that's the paper part. That's not the credit card part. Samantha, is it true you're not fast enough with the credit card? Are you slow walking this because you really want mommy to pay for you? No, I tried to grab it, but she's very quick. She may be, like, small and petite and cute looking, but she is, like, a monster, let me tell you. Oh, yeah, no, I, <laughs> I'm not even near her, but I'm afraid of her right now. <laughs> she's already revealed herself to be an aggressive dissembler. What else I'm not does she aggressive. Have? What else does she have up her sleeve? <laughs> I'll say assertive, authoritative dissembler. I, I would like to think assertive. Yeah. I just believe, I just 
try to do what's right. That's all. Why is it right for you to always pay, even if you have made an agreement, a verbal contract to allow Samantha to pay? Why is it important for you to pay? I don't always pay. However, what it comes down to is this. My daughter has worked very hard to where she has gotten. She's worked without askings from myself or my husband for anything. She paid for school on her own. She worked three jobs on her own, had her own apartment, paid rent, fed herself, had a car on three jobs and graduate work. And she did that all and very hard, never asked for a dime for anybody ever. Samantha, that's amazing. Yes. So if I'm going to grab a check out of this girl's hand, I am doing it because I am honoring her dedication to where she got today. And I am glad that I'm on the radio and on the podcast because I am happy that the world Let me know. reassure you, I, you are not on the radio, but go on. Well, <laughs> well out there on the interwebs, we'll sure. say. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. And I understand that where she's living is she's on her own and she's still working very hard. And every now and then I understand that it gets a little hard to make ends meet. So if I can do this for her, I am willing to do it. And I understand it makes her upset. But, you know, as a mother, I just find that there's got to be certain rewards in life. And if I can do this, that's what I will do. But is that a reward for her or a reward for you, for you to pay? No, I mean, I want her to know that, you know, she, you know, at the same time, this girl pays a lot for me. All right. And I will put this in my defense. Please. Also, while she was going to graduate school, had three jobs, paying her rent and feeding herself. This girl also bought me tickets to go see Andre Bocelli with very good seats for my birthday. Very nice. Yes. And dinner. Mm -hmm. And I did let her pay for that. So, you know, how can you not do something once in a while? And, you know, above all else, we enjoy our food, my daughter and I. We enjoy many places, but... I know this is this is a treat. To have someone treat you to dinner, I think, is a very honorable thing to do. So I will do that. I just think you that is showing honor to the person that you're sitting with. So I want to show honor to my daughter because each and every day I bow down to her because I am deeply respectful of what she's accomplished, and I will do so on her behalf by doing that. So is it for me? No, I really want her to realize that I am honoring who she is as a person, as an individual, young woman, and what she's accomplished as, a, as an independent person. So that's all, right. all I have I, to say. I will, for the moment, accept that you might be telling the truth when you express those nice emotions. <laughs> <laughs> that is honest the truth. Mm-hmm. Or masterful emotional manipulation of this judge. But it I is, shall see. No, I would... I would never use emotional, no. Oh, I heard you guilt-tripping her about the flute even before we got started, madam. Well, you know, I forgot about that until you brought it up. I just want to let you know. Okay. Fair, <laughs> fair enough. Just, just so Believe me, if she's going to threaten you, she will do it physically, not verbally. <laughs> well, no. Well, well, wait a minute. Samantha, why are you constantly accusing your mom of being a physically intimidating bully and monster? Is there some side to her that... I'm not understanding? No, no. My mom is an incredibly lovely person. All right. So let's stop making her into a bully, okay? Okay. Boy, 
Like mother, like daughter, both dissemblers, <laughs> liars, manipulators. Let's take a quick recess to hear about one of our sister shows here on the MaximumFun.org network. When we come back, more from Samantha and her mother, Tina, on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Hello, I'm your Judge John Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is brought to you every week by you, our members, of course. Thank you so much for your support of this podcast and all of your favorite podcasts at MaximumFun.org, and they are all your favorites. If you want to join the many member supporters of this podcast and this network, boy, oh boy, that would be fantastic. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024, 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, Imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up. Seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. Court's back in session. You're listening to Check, Please. Samantha thinks her mother, Tina, should let her pay for a meal every once in a while. You've heard why Tina's opposed. Let's get back into the courtroom to hear more about Samantha's side. 
Samantha, answer these questions and answer them truthfully. Okay. Did you put yourself through graduate school? I did. What did you study? Um, I studied um, library science with a focus on archives. Seemed like you had to think about it there for a second. Are you telling me the truth? Yeah, yeah it's just complicated <laughs> to say. Library science with a focus on archives. And yes. you're employed in that field now? Yes, I'm working as an assistant archivist. And where, where in New York are, are you guys, upstate? I live in Beacon, New York. Oh, sure. I know Beacon very well. Fantastic. They call that David Reestown. Oh, do they? I did <laughs> yeah. not know that. He's one of Beacon's most famous ex-residents. David Rees is my friend who's a, a writer and cartoonist and a performer, a host of a fantastic TV show called Going Deep with David Reese that isn't on the air anymore. And he doesn't live in Beacon oh. anymore, but I know that town very well. It's oh. a lot of fun up there. So there you are. You've gotten your MLS with a focus on archives. You've got a job in that field. You are self-sufficient. You paid for all this education yourself. Yes, I fantastic. did. Congratulations. Thank you. And now you're reaping the rewards, the money <laughs> pit that comes with a career in archivism. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Working for a museum is not the way to make money, let me tell you. All the white cotton gloves you can wear. <laughs> That's right. Oh, it's so true. But you make enough that you're able to treat your mom to an Andrea Bocelli concert. Yes, that was when I was in grad school still. I did Whoa. that. Wow. You must have gone into serious credit card debt. Um, no, actually not. I'm... I'm very good with my finances. She's very yeah, I th- frugal. I, I think you are. So why is it so hard for you to accept this gesture from your mom, which clearly is designed to honor you and and reassert her motherly authority and rob you of the independence that you worked so hard to achieve? <laughs> what my mom did not tell you was that she is currently paying her way to go back to school and paying That's it all on her, on her own. We're not talking about me right now. Um, I will allow it, <laughs> madam. Tell me the side of the story that I'm not getting from your mom. Well, she works very hard herself. She currently works like a almost full-time job. She's going back to school to get um her associate's degree, which is I'm very proud of because she's working very hard at that. And I feel like she takes care of the whole family, my dad, my brother, and everyone. And I feel like someone should take care of her once in a while because she doesn't she wants to do everything for everyone. Like, even this morning, she baked, like, muffins for us before we went out. And I feel like she should let, you know, me take care of her once in a while. Because I even had to buy those Andrea Pacelli tickets in secret and not tell her about it till like, a couple <laughs> days before. Because otherwise, because even after I told her, she was trying to give me money, even though it was her birthday present. That is true. Well, you guys are really adorable. Why can't you just resolve this simply by saying you're going to take turns paying? I wish. That would be a great solution. I'm very happy with that. Tina, why is that not acceptable to you? I, I can't let go. <laughs> I, just I try. I Once really, you grab really, that check, you cannot let go. I just, you know what? Because then in my mind, I just it just goes back to the fact that, you know, she's worked really, really hard. Why should I not share the abundance of what I have and... And there you have it. Do you have a general discomfort with people treating you, Tina? When you go out with friends, does the same sort of thing happen? I I may not tackle them, but I do treat them, yes. Well, they can't like, all be as wonderful as your daughter. You've got to have some really crappy friends you don't well, want to reward no, with generosity. Well, no. I mean, if I the people that I mostly, that I'm buying, if I go out and I buy coffee for before I go to work are... Generally, just the uh, the girls that I work with, 
because mm-hmm. we, we all help each other out and every now and then we have a bad day and we need a drink. So if I'm coming into work and I'm buying myself a dirty chai, I buy somebody else and I buy, you know, my friend Jody, I buy my friend Lisa. And then we all have a happy, um, we say cheers and we all say, you know, it's going to be a good day. And so I will buy them drinks. I do that on numerous occasions. And Do you not like having people buy things for you? I mean, when... When Samantha got you those Andrea Bocelli concert tickets, how did that make you feel? I feel very, very lucky and blessed that I have a daughter. I always say that my daughter loves me and it truly shows. And she really, really does. She cares for me in an incredible amount of ways. And I really think she is my biggest gift in this whole wide world that I could ever have. So it makes me feel... I don't know. It's kind of weird, but it makes me feel kind of selfish because I just think sometimes that as a mother, I should be the one doing the caregiving and mm-hmm. I'm not old and gray and in my wheelchair and uh, and mindless yet. So I just kind of feel it's yes. Is it hard for me? It always is. Yes. Yeah. I can't say more than that. Did you go to the concert? Oh, yes. How was it? Oh, absolutely love Andrea Bocelli. But you couldn't enjoy the concert because your daughter had given you the tickets. It was a waste of oh, her no. money. No, that's oh, what no, you're no. saying. No, I enjoyed course. it thoroughly. You yeah, hated I had it. to hold her back. She actually had to hold me back because we were on, I think we were like a couple of times she had to hold me down because she thought I was going to jump over the uh, <laughs> the balcony because <laughs> I got too excited. Um, oh, did I, you go together? Oh, yeah, of course. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We're also going to the Foo Fighters concert this summer together. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Who's paying for that one? We actually split it. We, I did let her split that one. I don't see that there's a real problem here, Samantha. The, you guys obviously love each other. Your mom's a little aggro when it comes to paying. Why should I <laughs> even bother to insert myself? Is there a greater problem that needs to be addressed here? Is this just between you guys? Or does your mom exhibit this behavior in other situations? If it was only me, it would be fine. Because, you know, we have a thing. We have a... Yeah, we have an understanding of how this goes, but she also does it to other people. She's done it to my grandfather when he's attempted to pay. She kind of tackled him. Well, (laughs) not really. Not really. Definitely. Now, listen, I really want to live in a civilization in which facts are facts and words have meaning. So we've already established that, uh, Tina, you are post-truth, that when you... When Samantha says, did I already pay you for this? And you say, no, you already did. And that's a lie. That's a lie. But Samantha, I want you to not use the word tackle unless you're willing to back that up with evidence, video evidence of your mom throwing your grandfather to the ground. I mean, shoulders did make contact. (laughs) All right. So you're not. Are you lying or or is there actual physical intervention when someone else tries to pick up the check? Well, I yes. kind of grabbed the out of my husband's hand a few times, too. And, what, and is this your paternal or maternal grandfather, Samantha? Uh, my paternal. So your father-in-law, Tina. Correct. That you is threw correct. him to the ground? Oh, well, I wouldn't do that. He's, you know, he's halfway there. He's old and feeble now. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, I wouldn't do that right now because, you know, he's he, he has difficulty getting around and he does well by tripping himself sometimes so i would not do it anymore <laughs> describe what happened with the paternal grandfather please well this was not this wasn't recent i will say that this was when I, the when starting I was, of my tendencies perhaps? yes when i was much younger probably like high school or middle school so oh, very many years ago 
There are no statute of limitations in the court of Judge John Hodgson. <laughs> okay. I am ready to condemn on the oldest of offenses or okay. the offenses to the oldest. So <laughs> describe to me what happened. I can't remember why we went out there, but it was the whole family. So with my grandfather, my grandmother, you know, my dad, my mom, me, I think my brother. I don't remember uh, if my Samantha, mother was born Samantha, yet. Samantha, I don't care about those people. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm getting caught up in the details. Um, I know. I know. Let's just focus in on the moment the check is brought to the table for dinner of unknown origin. Your grandfather is reaching to pay for it. What does your mom do? Well, he has the check in his hand and he's looking at it. And my mom, I think she like dove across the table and like grabbed it out of his hand. Um, she, she went across the table and grabbed it from him. And said, I'm paying for this. And he just looked at her and said, okay. <laughs> and then she paid for it. Do you think that he was happy about this? Or did she rob him of the same pleasure that she takes in paying for other people? Oh, no. He was very happy with this. Oh, all right. <laughs> Granddad's a skin front. I get it. Okay. I understand now. I won't lie. He was very pleased someone else was paying. Samantha, tell me what happened with your friend Liss. <laughs> My mother's sighing, but... um. Well, my friends back in April, they had a uh, fire in their house. I'm sorry. Um, Yes. Well, I mean, it's fine now. They have bought a house, another house, so they're good. But um, at the time, they had lost all their stuff, and they were moving into an apartment they got from a friend, um, and they were looking for a couch. And my mom has an old futon that she desperately wanted to get rid of because my dad loved it, and she's hated it since the day he's gotten it. Well, it is a futon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like, aha, this is the perfect opportunity to give this to someone else and not have this in my house anymore. Um, so we rented a, um, a truck and we drove it up to them in Albany and we gave it to them. And to thank us, they're like, oh, we're going to take you out for um, coffee. Well, oh, dinner, dinner and coffee. I forgot about that. So Liz, be- being the smart person, having heard my stories about my mother, secretly paid for dinner. But her husband, not being as prepared... Did not realize when we went out for coffee, he attempted to pay, and my mom kind of tackled him physically, and they had a struggle. There's and that word again, cred- Samantha. Are you willing to back that up? Yes, okay. I am 100% willing to back this up. She might actually be halfway right on that one. And she ripped the credit card out of his hand, and then, but he was very smart and pulled out another credit card from his wallet right away and handed it to the girl before my mom could pay I, for I, it. I think I actually, believe it or not, I was... Really? Yeah, just about. Yeah. Yeah, you guys were struggling. I was. I actually took the card out of his hand. Yeah, you ripped it Well, here, I'll interrupt you guys for a moment to say that Samantha has sent in an affidavit from Liz, her friend, describing the situation in detail about how Tina offered this uh, futon that um, she quite rightly did not want in her home because it's a futon. Why your husband likes it, Tina, I do not know, and I'm surprised you're still married, but good for you. (laughs) We're not sure either why he wanted it. I you don't tracked know. it down to listen her husband's place at your own expense. Yes. They attempted uh, to treat you to a meal. And this is what she writes. When my husband started to pay for the bill, Tina lunged across the table, grabbed the credit card he had, and hid it. Luckily, he had a backup card that he ran up to the server with and successfully paid the bill. And this is what Liz has to say to you, Tina, and I, and I will await your response. Okay. In short, lady, you need to back <laughs> off and let people try to assuage their guilt with money for all the nice things you do. Sincerely, Liz. Oh, yeah. That's a, just, well, okay. I have to say she 
she did actually have a very accurate description of the event. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to say, I think that the the restaurant that we were in at the time, people kind of slowly disappeared outside the door. Yeah, they backed away. They backed away pretty much. Um, Other patrons. Other yes. patrons, yeah, I think so. They kind of like uh, slinked very quietly out the door before they even got their coffee. Um, so I guess they were not. <laughs> I was going to ask, don't you take into consideration, madam, the, the distraction and upset that you might be causing in a business by tackling old men and, and young men, too? <laughs> well, it, you know, it just Grabbing things and making people run to the cashier and everything else. It's like an octagon in if there. I, well, maybe, well, yeah, you know, it's pretty much. <laughs> you know, if they would have just, you know, listened and say, okay, I'll take care of this. Being the older person, I was going to take care of the younger people. And like, again, you know, they're the same as Samantha. They had a hard time. They lost their possessions. So I was going to be, you know, just try to be a good adult. But good you had already and- offered them so much in terms of uh, the expense of moving this futon, uh, the help in getting it all set up. You know, so you'd already given them so much that almost made up for the fact that you were unloading a futon on them. They wanted to express <laughs> well, their appreciation, and, and you weren't going to let them. No, I mean, you know, here's the thing: it's mm-hmm. it's not about the money. It's about being able to help somebody out who's in need. Sure. And I'm not putting a dollar sign on no, that. But, I mean, but, if I didn't madam, want to do it. I madam. wouldn't have agreed to any of it. By the way, I'm really enjoying calling you madam. I never do this to anybody. <laughs> but I, right. but I, I like taking I, this. A compliment, I guess, maybe? I don't know. Well, it, it is a term of respect, but, okay. but, but also antagonism. Yes. <laughs> I kind of got that, but I didn't want to admit An to it. Affectionate antagonism. I hope you understand. Okay. I understand. Okay. If you had read my book, Vacation Land, True Stories from Painful Beaches. And I did. Did you? I did. It's, we both did. Wait a minute. Did you each read the same copy? Yes. yes. Oh, you thieves. Because I gave her my copy that I had. Of course. Now you see why I'm angry at you, madam, because your generosity is stealing money from me. Oh, jeez. All right. If you had read my book, Vacation Land, and truly gotten all of the deep, profound teachings from it, yes. you will remember that I write that the greatest version in my mind of being a grown-up is not having a ton of money, but having enough security that you can take a breath, plan for the future, and have enough left over to be generous. That that being generous is a a profound inner pleasure if you are able to do it. And you obviously take pleasure in that, don't you? I, I do. But is it right for you to hog all of that pleasure and deny it to others? If the opportunity presents itself and... Or I can snatch it out of someone else's hand. (laughs) Well, if the opportunity presents itself unguarded, then, you know, it's up for grabs. I don't know what to say. We'll put it this way. If you're sitting at a table and the check is just laying there and you have three or four people just staring at it thinking, oh, who's going to pick that up? You know what? I, I can't deal with that. Just give me the give me the check. I'll pay for it. I'll deal with it. Madam, that's, that's how I look at it. I don't need your benign <laughs> hypotheticals. I have specific <laughs> real life examples of you assaulting your father in law, grabbing well, things out of people's hands, causing a ruckus in the restaurant, all for you to feed your addiction to generosity. Deny it if you try, madam. Deny it. Try to deny it. 
Well, I would like to deny it. Yes. But right, well, you did it. I guess the... <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Okay, I don't know why I said deny it if you tried. It's not any words. <laughs> it... <laughs> Samantha, how does it make you feel that your mom won't let you ever treat her willingly? I mean, I would like to take care of her a little and help her out. It's, you know, I think she deserves to have people help her. She's always helping everyone else and doing things for everyone. I think, you know, it'd be nice to take care of her once in a while. Do you think that she has difficulty accepting generosity from other people? Yes. <laughs> and what do you think is behind that? Um, there's a whole list of reasons, probably. I'm listening to quote <laughs> Fraser Crane. Well, I feel like my mother has not always had other people to depend on. She's always had to take care of herself. And now that I'm in a a more uh, a more stable position than I have been in the past. I would like to, you know, take care of her and help her out in, you know, ways that other people haven't always done. Does it make you feel like a child when she won't let you pay? Sometimes. No, you can't say that. <laughs> She's kicking me under the table just to let you know. That is not nice. If you say that, I am sending you to bed without your dinner. <laughs> you are not allowed to say that. <laughs> she has just physically assaulted me. I would like to put that in the record. So noted. Why did you react that way, Tina? Well, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't, maybe I just, this is how I guess I see it. If I should die tomorrow, I want her to have good memories and say, oh yeah, I remember when mom did this for me. So if I'm creating a good memory for her, then by all means, that's what I want to do. And there's nothing else more than just a legacy of her knowing that her mom loves her. And that's, I can't say more than that. I, I just, mean, I think it stems from like, she had a health scare a few years ago. And I think when that happened, I think that's when, you know, things mm -hmm. got put into overdrive because, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen. And so I think that kind of like, you know, made her even more, you know, want to take care of me. I'm sorry to hear about your health scare. I hope you're feeling okay these days. Oh, yeah, I'm fine. Good. I'm good. good. The octagon has been very good for me. <laughs> it keeps, yeah, fighting over chicks keeps the blood moving, I'm sure. It, it does, actually. So obviously, if I were to rule in your favor, Samantha, what would you want me to rule? 50-50 uh, split? Yeah, that would be amazing. Okay. And why is that not acceptable? Would that be unbearable for you, Tina? Would you make an argument that that would be emotionally challenging for you to let her pay half the time? Emotionally challenging? <laughs> um, no, I think that's okay. She says that now. <laughs> right. Well, we know that she's a liar. She'll say anything to get past it and just get to that check and then steal it. Well, that's probably not untrue. <laughs> <laughs> I just have one question, though. Yes. So uh, is there a time limit to your uh, to your decision? <laughs> I mean, is it like a 24-hour thing? I'm not moving fast enough along for you? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, if you're... if you Because we're getting to the ruling. verdict. We're getting to the verdict She wants soon, to know how I'm long sorry. your verdict's going to last. Yeah, is if... there an expiration date on your verdict? That's all I want to no. know. In perpetuity. Oh. Oh. Forever. Well, Forever then... and ever and ever. Amen. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll have to consider that then. How long would you like the verdict window to last? I, I thought maybe to the end of this, the 2017 or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right. I'm going to give this some thought. And what I'm going to decide on is, first of all, uh, would you guys know where you're going to go to dinner tonight? Here you are in the city, mother and daughter on the town. I yep. haven't decided yet. Yeah. I'm thinking maybe some Indian, but I'm not sure. I don't mm-hmm. get that much where I where I live, so something out of the ordinary would be delicious. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm going to decide who's going to pay for dinner tonight. Okay. And then I'm going to make a verdict as to how this is going to go for the rest of time in perpetuity, forever and ever. Amen. And may I say one thing? <laughs> Probably. Go ahead. <laughs> You're absolutely my favorite person, Judge John Hodgman. <laughs> oh. Are you attempting to bribe this court with flattery? No, never would do that. I mean, she <laughs> does listen to your podcast on a regular basis, so. I will now go into my Andrea Bocelli listening orb and uh, soak up some sweet popper, and I'll be back in a moment with my decision. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Tina, from what I understand, you're a big listener to the podcast. How do you think you'll come out in this case? I don't think I'm going to come out well. Why is that? I think it'll probably go in in Sam's favor. I mean, if I was a judge, I probably would say that she is probably more right than I am. Although I do call mother's rights in this respect, so... Is this a United Nations charter item that I'm not familiar with? Yes. <laughs> Mothers have rights above all. That's all I'm saying. But that, you know, whatever he he go, whatever he decides, I will do my best faithfully to carry out. I am not oh. giving any promises because knowing me, I will probably not bother <laughs> on it. We'll see how oh. long, but I promise I'll do my best. Samantha, how are you feeling about your chances? Oh, I want to say I'm feeling good, but whenever I feel good about something, it usually turns out horribly, so I'm not sure. (laughs) Did you feel good about graduate school? That seems to have worked out okay. No, I felt terrible about graduate school, which is why I did well. (laughs) Yeah, and that is true. She did feel terrible because I I got the phone calls at 2 o'clock in the morning (laughs) saying, oh, I don't know. I can't believe I did this. God, what am I going to do? And I said, don't worry. Everything will be fine. And of course, mom was always right. She came out very well. Well, we'll see what Judge John Hodgman has to say about all this when we come back in just a second. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up, the episodes will be amazing, and wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org slash newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. 
Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. So I obviously could rule in Samantha's favor, and I should. I mean, the point of fake internet court is to ensure fairness as much as possible. And what is happening is unfair. While Tina's desire to pay and effectiveness at paying is without question an expression of maternal generosity and human generosity, it has been established that generosity is a form of pleasure. To give is to not merely give to someone else, but to give to yourself. It is a good feeling. Other people deserve to have that good feeling from time to time, madam. And you are robbing them of that pleasure, literally by stealing things out of their hands and hiding them, like credit cards or bills. So from the point of view of fairness, of course, 50-50 should be the law of the land. I could rule in Samantha's favor, but I ask you, why bother? (laughs) (laughs) Tina is going to do what she's going to do no matter what. She has lied directly to me about the lies that she has directly made to you, Samantha. She has admitted (laughs) that if I were to rule in your favor, she would not stop her behavior. And because this court has no sheriff to enforce its rulings, there's nothing I can do to stop this woman from stealing generosity from you again and again. I know she will give all assurances and be completely adorable in accepting my verdict in your favor, Samantha. And then as soon as you guys get to that Indian restaurant, you can be stealing that check. It's true. true. (laughs) Criminal mastermind. (laughs) This is one where I realize my ability to instill order and fairness upon the world is rendered moot by those who simply ignore all orders and all social principles and get what they want no matter what. There are people out there like that, and your mom's one of them in the most adorable (laughs) way. Therefore, I will not have the authority of this court undermined by having someone not follow my orders. And for this reason, Tina, I order you to pay every time. I don't have a problem with that. I know you don't. (laughs) (laughs) If only to maintain my own authority as a fake internet judge, I need to order you to do what you're going to do anyway. Okay. I agree with that. And Samantha, oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much, madam. You're welcome. I just want to help your credibility come back. Oh, I have no doubt that the persistence, the self-reliance, and also the generosity that has formed your mom and allowed her to thrive and get past a health scare, all are such that there's nothing I could say that would ever get her to change her behavior, and so I won't. The only thing I will say, Samantha, is this. Learn from your mother. (laughs) You cannot battle her physically. She's too strong, too wiry, too wily. And also, (laughs) it's illegal to fight your mom, physically. (laughs) You have to be smarter. You have to be sneakier. She's going to try 
And with the backing of this court's order, she is empowered to pay for every meal you ever have together. Let me give you some advice. Call ahead to the restaurant. Pay in advance. Go use the bathroom and pay when she's not looking. Do sneaky things. Because basically what your mom has said is, every time you sit down to the table, it's fair game. Anyone who gets that check first and gets out that credit card first, that's the whole of the law. In this octagon, in this battle, there is no law. There is only force and uh, sneakiness. You can't (laughs) fight her with force, but you might be able to get her with sneakiness a couple of times. So while the full force of this court stands behind Tina, mom of the century, when you go out to eat Indian food after this recording, she is ordered to pay for dinner. Samantha, it's up to you to follow in your mom's footsteps and do what it takes. Law be damned to pay for that bill. I look forward to hearing what happens. This is the sound of a gavel. Judge John Hodgman rules that is all. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Tina, how are you feeling? I am feeling very good, to tell you the truth. It's kind of surprising, actually, because I really thought he was going to go toward um, toward Samantha, thinking that as a young person growing up today, that uh, not too many exhibit her responsibility. I thought that he would have gone in her favor, so I'm kind of really surprised. Do you think that you taught your child to be devious enough to outwit you? <laughs> you know what? I never thought of it about that way, but you know what? I might have to start putting that into her uh into her learning agenda. My brother's devious enough for the both of us. Well, that is true. I might have <laughs> to start thinking about that. That might be an uh a educational uh prospect that I might have to add. Samantha, are you ready for this? Are you already making plans? I'm going to have to work on my skills. I'm not sure if I'm up to the level. I'm going to have to like you know, practice up the set, game. Set up some obstacle courses for myself, where I steal, you know, credit or checks from people. People, random scenarios. Yeah, it's going to be hard work <laughs> on my part. I think you can do it. You've got an advanced degree. That is true. That is true. That's right. Listen, you hear that? <laughs> you are a graduate. I, on the other hand, am only still going for my associates. <laughs> That makes you far superior than me in brain power. Remember that. (laughs) Tina, it's obvious that you have a PhD in the game of life. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Well, Samantha, Tina, thanks for joining us on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. That's another Judge John Hodgman case in the books. We've got some swift justice around the corner. But first, our thanks to Andrew McNair and Craig Eliason for naming this week's episode Check, Please. If you want to name a future episode, just like Judge John Hodgman on Facebook. That's where we put out the calls for submissions. Even if you don't want to name a future episode, I enjoy looking at all of the ridiculous, overcomplicated, delightful puns that end up in those Facebook threads. I'm really enjoying these homonym puns like check please where people don't even understand us a pun until they see it on the website. <laughs> uh, you can follow us on Twitter. John is at Hodgman. I am at Jesse Thorne. Hashtag your judge John Hodgman tweets. Hashtag JJHO. And check out the Maximum Fun subreddit to discuss this week's episode. This week's episode recorded by our friend Paul Ruest at Argo Studios in New York City. Our producer is the great Jennifer Marmer. Now, Swift Justice, where we answer your small disputes with quick judgment.
Here's one from Cody. At a take a book, leave a book. Do you need to immediately leave a book, or can you take one with the intent of bringing one to leave later? Is this like those little uh, little box libraries on street corners where you can leave books and take books? Yeah, or maybe a bookshelf in a, in a bed and breakfast. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I guess there are different iterations of this take a book, leave a book concept, but one thing they all have in common is leave a book. <laughs> You may intend to leave a book eventually, but until you do that, you are just taking a book. And you know what taking a book is? Stealing a book. Carry a book around with you that you don't want and uh, leave a book next time, Cody. Don't be a thief. Here's something from John. Even though the internet has settled this question, my wife and I still argue about the song Hang On Sloopy. She insists it's Snoopy because, as she puts it, what's a Sloopy? So here's the thing. I also believed, maybe even till I read this letter, that that song was called Hang On Snoopy. Even though my brain heard the sl and not the sn, it seemed impossible that they could be singing Sloopy because what's Sloopy, to quote Wife of John? I know it's a kind of sailing vessel, but it can't hang on to anything. It doesn't have arms. I think specifically Sloopy is the kind of word <laughs> that the kind of people who uh, come up with the band name the McCoys comes up with. <laughs> because, because it, because why? It just represents a real half effort. <laughs> well, you will be surprised to learn that in fact, according to Rick Derringer, who was in the McCoys, Sloopy is not just a nonsense word that sounds gross. It is actually a nickname for a woman named Dorothy Sloop. And I just learned this uh, on the internet as we were talking. Dorothy Sloop, later known as Dorothy Sloop Helflick, was an American jazz pianist who performed with female jazz bands. Native of Ohio, and I'm quoting Wikipedia here, so take it all with a rock of salt. Uh, she was born uh, to a Roman Catholic family in Steubenville, learned piano as a youth, began performing local theaters at age six, left college, went to New York City, and formed a jazz quartet called the Southland Rhythm Girls with singer and clarinetist Yvonne Dixie Fasnacht. Sloopy and Dixie, the jazz band, is the greatest, coolest thing in the world. They went and they played on Bourbon Street. Eventually, she went back to Steubenville, earned her college degree, later as a master's degree, and taught special education in St. Petersburg, Florida. She passed away in 1998, but continued to perform jazz piano into her 70s. This is an amazing woman, and I will not have her erased by wife of John simply because she wants to think of a cartoon dog instead of Dorothy Sloop Heflick, the Sloopy for whom this song is named. So I will say this, hang on, Sloopy, continue to hang on. You know, Judge Hodgman? Yes. My favorite song on the Beach Boys classic, Pet Sounds? Yeah. Is the Snoop John E. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, everyone who heard that. It may be that there is a, a madness to their method. Uh, that when the McCoys named it Sloopy, they knew that they would be taking advantage of how our brains would interpret that as Snoopy, a beloved cartoon uh, character, very popular. And they might get the benefit of that name association without getting a lawsuit from Charles M. Schultz about it, which is why my hit song that I'm writing as we speak in Sharpie is called Hang On, Slarfield. <laughs> okay, let's wrap this thing up. <laughs> okay. 
If you have a case for Judge John Hodgman, obviously no case is too small. Go to MaximumFun.org slash JJHO or email Hodgman at MaximumFun.org. We'll see you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Hang on, Slarfield. Slarfield, hang on. I had to change the notes so I don't get sued by the McCoys either. (laughs) MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.